Welcome to Talking Burritos. Talking Burritos. We're back with our million followers now. Finally, we've reached a million. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank Here's you. A trophy. You too. Congratulations. We did it. Yep. We Thanks, made Mom. It. We don't need anybody else to join us. <laughs> All right. So, we were talking You're about gonna the future. You're going to love it. We were talking about the future, uh, specifically sci-fi movies, video games, etc., how they portray the future, and not talking about, not talking about desolation necessarily, but uh, more like you're thinking Star Trek, you're thinking Star Wars, where, well, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the future is always something happens to the world, not something that happens to the people. The people don't change in the future. The people just have newer things. Like, it's always a shiny utopia, it's always hover cars and time travel they now have but it's never people getting better people are always the same in those movies and shows they're always people are always fighting for good and evil the same way they are now the future is always things in shows and movies yeah so we get our laser swords we get our our photon beams and whatever other jargon we have but generally i think in movies we haven't really seen a uh sci-fi story where things where the characters were actually like interesting in a while uh i think like the most unique thing would be like a cyborg person like a terminator or half human half robot but that's still like merging things together it's still it's not really a future people haven't developed better ideas for things there's no perfect rules now set up for everybody to follow that we can all agree on. Are you talking about the personalities of characters in the future? Or are you talking about just like like there doesn't seem to be a, uh, a designer for these, uh, for spacesuits and, and guns? They just kind of combine them willy-nilly and see what they get. No, it seems like the future, they just magically have this stuff now. Whatever. But the ideas that we have now... You think in the future we'd be able to solve some of those ideas, some of those problems. Yeah, some of those problems that are out there. But no, it's it's exactly the same. Just now we have these things, these technology to do stuff differently. Now we can travel slightly faster with <laughs> flying cars. Now we can zap people with lasers instead of bullets, because that's what the future is, and it's shiny now. And it's become more of a we got the next new space iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I think, I guess you can count, in, in my opinion, I think you can count Avatar, the movie with the blue aliens, <laughs> Never saw as uh, being a, really, <laughs> still, <laughs> no. I've never gotten a good review about Avatar, so I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> Special effects are good. But, really? Uh, it, my, uh, it was okay as far as, like, the characters, relationships and stuff. But the last time that I really cared about a sci-fi cast, I guess, for their personalities and for what each individual character brought to the story was probably uh, The Fifth Element. Fifth Element, I do remember that. Yeah, um, at that time, like, there was, there were gun, there were guns, there was new age, new age stuff. But it all was directed towards something like the secu- the they had the they had the security uh, in the apartment complex. It was like built to withstand lasers and stuff like that, which 
made sense. It shows that, that the world progressed to the point of getting this technology, rather than it just seems like we replace things instantly. Like there was no... In a lot of sci-fi movies, like when they come up with a new when they come up with a new design, it's like we we made this new space design, this new suit that protects you from things because it's not like we really needed it at the time, but well, we do we that made now it. with the new iPhone. We don't need a new iPhone. I I mean, we don't I guess need an you iPhone could use four hundred and twenty-six. <laughs> with now it's got a Swiss Army knife on it. Who cares? But it, in the Fifth Element, the the scenery. It is designed well. It it tells a story about how why it is that it's like that. You can see all the all the the bad people that are walking around. There's apparently a lot of ways that you can hack a, a door and stuff. So clearly this place has gotten a lot more violent. Do you think those people who can just walk around hacking doors? You think they would have security or like a normal door where they can't hack it? That would solve some problems. I mean, like yeah, have a security then, door and a regular door. Yeah, and I don't know what the limitations are there. Uh, they don't have. They don't have, give a very in-depth detail you know of how stuff works. You know, but. people. People nowadays they talk about the world is going down. We're going downhill. We're running out of resources. We're running out of things. But in movies, when they show the future, they're like, "We have everything now. We solved that problem." <laughs> and they just didn't tell us how. We just now we have infinite water and food, and everybody's happy now. Also, we have flying cars. Why not be happy? Like, it seems like they're all, like, it's just a part of the world, everywhere else in the world that they don't talk about, because you're only in a certain area. It's that part of the world prospered while everybody else had to suffer for them to prosper. Well, isn't that kind of always the case? Like, But it seems like they don't tell you that because they don't want to. Everybody's, if we think about how we're going to get to that future, the only way it's possible is if the 1% make it and everybody else doesn't. Not necessarily, but yeah. You see my point? <laughs> I do see your point. <laughs> the future in... Some of the movies are... Oh, yeah, also, in when they're shown, the future is either crazy and horrible or it's really perfect with a minor story that could save the world or end the world or whatever. You know, those things, yeah, classic really not moments. A, not a very big in-between. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not like, ah, it's fine, it's sort of the same, except now we got a laser beam that can zap well, the moon into, the, I don't know, whatever. That, that is one of the things that... Well, the, the middle ground... Uh, between it, it became a perfect utopia and it became uh, a total trash heap of a place. Like the fifth element is kind of in the middle there. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's going on that is dangerous and clearly <laughs> warrants the the new security and whatnot. But at the same time, like humanity or the world, the universe, what however big the galaxy is in that movie, it hasn't progressed in either direction far enough to where we could say that it's either like we do have the story of the of the the bad guy the bad guy who goes and uh and gives guns to these these sold alien soldiers and stuff to cause harm and stuff um but that's one that's one figure that's one group in a very large system it hasn't progressed to to the the utter crap heap or the perfect future utopia which i think if it was going to go in a direction, just for the sake of, like, like what they showed in the movie, I'd say that it's probably going to head in the direction of ruin, at least on that first planet they're on yeah, with the multipass. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the... Now that I think about it, I'm adding games into the mix of pop culture, but in a lot of the games of the future, the world is now one 
one utopia, not a utopia, but one purpose, I guess, whatever you'd call it, one nation, there we go, probably more accurate, but one thing, they're all working together to fight some outer thing now, they're fighting aliens in most of Mass Effect, Halo, ton of other games, but it's all, everything outside, and they're all working together now, but they're all doing it differently, for instance, future super suits, or exoskeletons, or secret weapons, or secret mutants, people experimenting on other people, finding different ways to save themselves from the outside aliens. They have a common enemy, and therefore they have united. Yeah. And you think and they just send out some nukes that they were all holding on to, or bluffing that they had? <laughs> what do you mean you didn't have any this whole time? We didn't have any either. Man, that's yeah, so Looking crazy. at you, Kim. <laughs> No one had nukes this whole time. <laughs> We've been bluffing each other. Uh, I'd like to like, see oh, that. Oh man, now movie. we have to fight these aliens alone. We if we didn't build our weapons, darn it. Dang it, now we have to send a group of untrained oilers to the space to destroy an asteroid. Man. I really wish we had built those nuclear weapons designed for mass destruction. Yeah. When we had the chance. We had them at one time. We just forgot about them. Didn't maintain them. They needed maintenance, you know, as things do. Yeah, the bases where they are held, the doors kind of fell apart and rusted shut. People all <laughs> we died. We can't of, send them. <laughs> people died of cancer. They've and been leaking radiation. for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, in space movies, they never really talk about food or, you know, toiletries or. Well, they do in basic, some. Basic. I mean, some of them, they're like, okay, well, they just skip it and you just assume it happened. Oh. Like that. Um, yeah. But they never really talk about how they're supporting them. Like, um, what's that one show? Nathan Fillion. He's the leader of a group. Uh, which one? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, Halo. Uh. No, Nathan Fillion, live action. He's the captain of his ship. Oh, uh, Firefly. Firefly. How did I not know the name? Man, I'm bad with names. I love that movie. I love that series. Yeah, it was really good. But Firefly, that's in the future. And that's a catastrophic future where the earth is gone and they still survive in space and other planets and other colonies yeah, yeah other colonies on different planets See, i like that there's a lot of joss whedon made some pretty like that's some good background storytelling yeah like, you know that a lot of stuff happened although the thing uh, about joss whedon he does a lot if, if you've watched all of his stuff they're all almost exactly the same story really it's a guy getting sent out into an unknown area there's always a mysterious group that comes after the main characters who are unknown, but they're very evil. They're experiencing a new world, forgetting their past, you know, well, for the audience. As a storytelling technique, they forgot it as well. Isn't that like most movies, though? No, but Joss Whedon specifically does it that way. Like, name, name some. Firefly. Actually, Toy Story 2. Toy Story Buzz. Was he a part of that? He made the first one. And Buzz, that Joss happened Whedon? To... Yeah. You sure on that? Pretty sure he wrote the script for Toy Story. But Buzz, yeah, he even fell into a new environment where he didn't know anything, realized he was a toy, had to fight an evil force, got through it. There was, I'm sure I can list a bunch of them without looking at the internet, <laughs> obviously, because I have a great brain, brain that I wouldn't have to put in a jar like Future tells me needs to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, Avengers. Avengers happens, too. They fight an outside force. That one's pretty obvious. Everybody knows Avengers. Yeah, but... Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're fighting supernatural things yeah, all but, the time. But this stuff, like, happens in movies all the time, not just him. Like, is it really wrong of him to do that? Yes, very wrong. And Come up with something new. 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You come up with something new. <laughs> Easily. All right, there's this toothpick. <laughs> All right, I already failed. <laughs> Space. Actually, toothpick. I like it. Toothpick. <laughs> toothpick is the main character. That's what they call him, Toothpick, because he's real thin. And he's invisible to everything because he's a toothpick. His real name is Tony. <laughs> yeah, he's real Tony. He's a mafia <laughs> member, obviously, because everybody named Tony is a mafia member. Dollhouse. That's another one. Speed, Twister, Titan. Let's see. Alien Resurrection. Yeah, uh, that's an, there's another thing that uh, I have problems with uh, with uh, sci-fi. I mean, the the movies that I've talked about so far, they have they do make good uh, background stories and stuff. Stuff is going on the whole time. You know that there's other stuff going on besides what's shown on the movie. So aliens, like very, it's very common for them for people to to make aliens like either. A humanoid that is like a slight tweak of a human. Maybe they have blue skin or something or Shrek ears. <laughs> but there's not, there's Why? like, they create these aliens and they give them like a space suit and stuff and they interact with the humans. But there's not a lot of, there's a lot of like surface culture, I guess. Like, oh, we, uh, we don't eat bread or something. I don't know. And, uh, they don't have any, uh, there's no story as to, uh, how they got to that point, or why it why it is, uh, or there's no variety with the aliens. There's uh, Star Wars is kind of I'm not I'm not sure where I That's where I put that. Long long time ago, and they were intentionally vague with where and when, so they can would you use say what they want. Would you say that's a flux capacitor kind of thing? What's that? The the power source that that powers time travel in Back to the Future. Yeah. It's the device that they don't explain to get them where they want to go for the story. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you could, I mean, if it's not a series, then you don't have much time, I guess, to fill in all those extra details. Mm-hmm. But I really think that I think we, like, we like to hear about all these new, these new places. That's, that's why we watch movies. We like to see yeah. these new characters applied in different ways, and, and they all bring something new to the table. A lot of wish fulfillment. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Speaking of wish fulfillment, no. <laughs> where did you do that? Quiet. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> it's me talking to myself. No, video games. Obviously, they have a they have a lot of background storytelling going on because you have to interact with the world all the time. Yeah. Um, and it kind of breaks kind of breaks the immersion if you're not constantly being assaulted with these different anecdotes from the world. Um, yeah, Skyrim's yeah. good at that. <laughs> Explaining things. Not uh well. Sort Sorry, of. Is that in the future? No, um, so but I mean, like, as far as the, as far as storytelling about the about the world, there's uh, books that you can read, diaries about people's lives and stuff that show that these characters or these NPCs have have lives that they had routines that they they had people they cared about and stuff. I guess yeah, video games are really good at that. So they have to they constantly try to put in like. The most common thing is adding books, like full-on written books uh, yeah. about certain subjects. But you kind of have to go outside the game to finish that. Some, you sometimes mean outside you... the main narrative, or...? No, I mean outside the literal game to know everything. Oh, you mean like search the internet and connect search the dots Search the internet, find the, talk to the people who made the game. They're like explaining certain details of things you need to know or want to know. You know what I mean? But the game's... They'll give you enough backstory to, sort of as a general backstory to guide 
what's happening right now and what and then they throw you into the action to distract you from any more information you know mm. what I'm saying like they'll give you just enough so you're like oh I kind of was satisfied with the answer but there's still more oh wait there's a floating city in the sky let's go there instead it's cool <laughs> look at that and there's Jimmy a beast there you gotta next. fight <laughs> yeah uh, but I guess games are supposed to push you in the direction of the story yeah kind of DMing Arc. your life <laughs> Ark uh, has a lot of background story. Remember the, the Ark? S- yeah, background? Ark Survival Evolved. Yeah, is that the fu- that's the future? That's the future. I, mean, I guess it's supposed to be. Yeah. We figure out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. No, when you complete them all, you yeah. definitely know it's the future. Because <laughs> uh, there's also the the study. The studies by the different scientists. Yeah, the research teams out there. Yeah, they're studying all the tribes and the animals, and they always compare them to either legends or, like, animals that actually evolved on our home planet of Earth. Yeah. Um, so, like, they tell that it is that it is the future. And they even talk about the, like, in the Lost World, not Lost World, Jurassic Park. Yeah, Lost World, whatever. Jurassic Park, you know how they have all the dinosaurs from very distant time frames yeah all in one place they talk about that in there too they're like this is creatures from every time frame all in there and then of course they go into the mythological the cool ones because they're experiments which are they historical in that game uh in the game in the game yeah because they still have the research teams are out there and they travel through to each world, which means in their world, those are real creatures. They're not experiments. They're they're real. Well, sort of. They're those creatures and they're the fruit. And, I would say they're the fruits of experimentation. Um, they managed to create a, an animal that did not exist, and then they managed to make it uh, be able to sustain itself. Um, to breed future generations and stuff. So I would say that they, that that's that's past experimentation and that's like final product. Do you remember what the arm wrist gem was? Uh, I believe the the game uses that for uh, survival quotient. Is what the is what it is what it did. It uh, every time you ascend, um, it. Um, it records your data and it shows how far you've come from uh, the first from the island, and uh, it uh, it was supposed to update uh, like your chances of of like living. I guess it's like a um, it's like the results of a test where it's like this is how likely you you are to to make it to the end to survive and stuff. That's what they at least that's what. Uh, Wild card indicated originally, but yeah. we haven't really seen that used. <laughs> well, according to the Steam community, they say it's a. One of the theories is you're a clone, and you're just numbered, based on your wrist data. Every time you die, you become you're a new clone. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. And just like the creatures that respawn, they're all more clones, and they're trying to see how you'd interact with the world. And how, and I'm not sure about the scientists if they're clones or not too, because there's someone controlling everything. If you remember the beams, they're all being dropped from one location to a giant station. 
to um, each different world. Oh yeah. I think that was um, automatically set though. That was robotic. Yeah. So it could be a hyper super intelligence. Or well, in the uh, was it Ragnarok or Ragnarok was the dragons. Um, but. Uh, I think it was aberration. No aberration. Yeah. Showed it first. Yeah. Yeah, they had the the metal uh, creatures. Oh yeah, yeah. That guard the the ascension pad. <laughs> so there's that. They they've completed AI, I guess. Um. But. Uh, it was like a portal version. Oh yeah, portal. That's a <laughs> portal. But like. The no, that's okay. <laughs> robots taking humans is testing them. Testing living creatures. Trying to figure out what they can know about them. What they try to figure out in Portal? Um, not anything in particular. They did um, all the tests. They, I don't remember well, before. GLaDOS has like, uh, is like off her rocker now. And oh, uh, yeah. is still fulfilling her mission. But she's, I think... I think it is that she's run out of things to test, so now she's just testing, like, random stuff. Because um, that's what she's built to do. Uh, and... Oh, yeah. Uh, the it, it, um, She's the, the ball head thing. That's her. And then, like, the arm, when you put her into the... When you put her into the arm thing that controls the whole facility then like it in use it programs your mind to to test things constantly so like you kind of you feel the need you feel the compulsion to to experiment on whatever you can and that's what led to the ruin of the uh <laughs> of the facility it's weird the plot on the wiki says it takes place between, they give a vague amount, but it says it could be around 50 to 50,000 years, the time frame of those things, oh. of the, between Portal 1 and Portal 2. Oh. Somewhere in between there, after the events of Portal, where she destroyed the Sentinel computer in the second one. Mm -hmm. So that's really far in the future, <laughs> and that seems like a terrible future. I, a cool one weapon, or portal gun, I guess. If you wanna, whatever that is, Portal. You know the name of the game. The uh, the second game didn't have the original uh, character in it, right? I don't think you were named the human. It was you were human, or was it? I remember you sure, or was it the uh, the two? Um, it was Peabody and. That's the second one. Yeah, I know, but in the second one, uh, was the human there, like? The what, human, did you play as the human? The solo player? story, there was a solo story with the human, Shell, I think your name was. You start off in a bed, wake up in a room thing, and then the guy sends you oh, out. Oh, yeah. It was the guy version of GLaDOS, not GLaDOS, whatever his name is, and he breaks you out. Yeah. And then there's a side story where you have the two guys testing it out, and you find out they're not as smart as humans or something like that. I don't, I don't think know. I remember that one that well. <laughs> I just remember beating it so fast because we were always in competition. Uh, I was, <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, oh man, we have to work together. <laughs> I was always trying to figure out the, the the story, the narrative. That's just my way. This was a child. There's a Portal Three. 
Is there? <laughs> no, there but I thought there was. Are you talking about the the little the little uh, Windows game? No, I or saw it on, or something online. Like it said Portal Three. I clicked on it. It was just they should make a Portal Three. It wasn't anything. <laughs> like yeah, that'd be fun. They need to. I guess. Make it more than just testing, like a battle arena where you can use the portals to get around. That'd be cool. Like a Hunger Games or a Battle Royale. Well, then it would become, but then it would become a. Uh, it would become just like another first-person shooter. Yeah. And we've got. I don't mind first-person shooters. We just we've got an overabundance of <laughs> ones that don't have much to them as far as narrative. I want to care about these characters. <laughs> yeah. I hate how games are losing their stories. Yeah. Like, Black Ops, they don't, in the newest Black Ops, they don't even have a story mode. It's just multiplayer Battle Royale and then a zombie story, which is very short. It's, I guess it's still going, but it's not what it used to be. You don't love the characters because they're changing their or you're not shocked by what they do. Yeah. With this new modern... With they the, just uh, make the environment crazier so you can enjoy it slightly more, I guess. In a different way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's still the same game. Yeah. Uh, modern Warfare is coming out. The new one, um, yeah. It's yeah. not going to have zombies. Um, no. I don't think it did in the first place. Oh, it never did, no. Um, it had the Juggernaut. That yeah, was fun. That, the extra Special missions. <laughs> Good times. The, uh, yeah, I love, I love the sniper missions. Sneaking around. Yeah. Or you sneaking around, me running in there, guns blazing. <laughs> I got this, guys. Uh, which was funny, because it usually meant that if you got caught, no matter where you were, if I was on the other side of the, of the map, yeah, I'd get caught. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> By the way, he's over there. <laughs> I found him, guys. Also, that guy, I can see him now. He's highlighted. <laughs> he's glowing. Where? Oh, the guy that's like five miles away. <laughs> they now have perfect vision of him. Yeah, but they're. Uh, Black Ops oh, is also in the future. I I found out that the, are uh, I think, it, uh, I'm hearing different stories now about modern warfare. Uh, people are saying that they uh, were getting rid of uh, some scenes uh, because it was too graphic or too. Uh, I thought they're like, bringing that back. Well, they yeah they had said that. That's that's the the conflicting oh, information yeah, yeah. I'm hearing, because uh, they were going to take away certain scenes uh, that were, uh, I, I guess the way they put it was that they were too much, too realistic. We didn't like the too the goal of, the original goal of these games with Call of Duty and whatnot to make it realistic. Yeah, yeah, you you would witness the hor the horrors of war and be a part of that and see what it's why it's bad. Yeah, uh, see the realism. See. How you can fight for the good, how one man can take on the odds. It's usually how it went. Yeah. One person taking on the odds. But they were the chosen one. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, I guess people get really sensitive now. Or they always did. And... <laughs> Sorry. Or they always did, and uh, we just didn't hear them. Um, they're taking away certain scenes that made it that really were made for the shock factor. Allegedly, we don't know for sure yet. Not yet, they, um, but they're but they're trying to get them taken away. Yeah, I don't like that. And they need to keep it as honest and realistic as possible. Yeah, if That's you're gonna if you're gonna portray the horrors of war, portray the horrors of war. Like, 
I, you can't just tell me like, hey, war is bad, and then like make a game about how how war is bad, but never witness war being wonder, bad. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how well these the companies know who's their audience is. I'm sure they know, but like they're like, we got to do this to save those veterans who have PTSD and their legit problems. Like we don't want to hurt them, but like majority of their audience is people under the age of 18 who shouldn't be playing the game, by the way, because <laughs> it's a mature game, but they're playing it anyway, and that's yeah, the majority of the people playing. Yeah, they're complaining about their kids playing these games that are going to make them warmongers and stuff, like, but you're letting them play a, a game that's for 17 and up in the first place. Yeah, they're like, this game is too violent for kids. That's why it's not for kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, people. We just need to kill everyone. Start over. Start a new future and the world. I have an idea. <laughs> it's a joke. It's not a joke. It's a joke. Shut up. But I think if I you're going to portray a better future, we all do. But I think that um, it's hard to portray the horrors of war if you don't feel the loss, if you don't feel the wrong. Um, you, didn't the play, scene, you didn't play the Black Ops, which is sad. Yeah, I, after because probably the last time I played was when first, Scarecrow died, which is this game, Modern yeah, Warfare. Yeah, the first one was Betrayal. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> no, don't tell them that. They're gonna get spoiled. It's their fault. They should have played the game when it was out twelve years ago. The first one. You know when they were what seven? <laughs> yeah, you know. But in the first one, it was more like Betrayal was the biggest enemy in the game. That you had to fight against because your friends betrayed you, your the people who you worked for betrayed you. In the second one, your mind betrayed you. You were you couldn't trust the things that you, you were couldn't trust doing. what you saw because everything you thought was real wasn't. The people you thought was there was actually you. Spoilers <laughs> had to do it for that one. But the, there was a guy you don't know this, but there was a guy who was with you from the beginning to end who helped you about every step of the way and at the end you realize that you were that guy and there was no one with you the whole time so the moments where you killed someone because you needed to get information off of him and you tortured him and you thought you wanted to stop him because it was a bad thing it was you doing it you were just manipulating the thinking it wasn't you hurt people to get out of things and you just didn't think it was you which is crazy was that uh Black Ops team. Well, no, I mean, uh, uh, did they explain it as being PTSD or brainwashing? It was or? the brainwashing. What does the numbers mean? He was brainwashed into believing there was another person. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good times, good maps. And then with Zombies. his incredible <laughs> memory, he was able to figure out where the location of the last attack was. And not tell anyone. Like, I can't remember a name of a character who I like so much or people I work with every day. How does he remember the name of a specific number on a ship that he that's a million <laughs> miles away that he's only seen once in a glimpse of a document that's been blacked out for a million different ways in a secret organization that not very many people know about? And he just happened to be in the middle of that ties. It's crazy. <laughs> but I guess some people have good memory. It is the future. They can have better memories. <laughs> See, they solved it. <laughs> I'm sure they solved it. <laughs> They've cured everything except, you know, old age. Yeah. You know, Black... Uh, not Black Ops. Um, 
black people. <laughs> um, what is it? Battlefield. Battlefield. Battlefield is good at portraying war in a respectful way. Respectful? With, yeah. Um, with, uh, uh, in particular, the one I'm talking about is uh, Battlefield 1... Like I think the the the, the recent one. You know how they can't count, so they World went War back one? to Battlefield One recently. You think they just call it like <laughs> WW One or something? Or uh, they probably did that to avoid the the confusion with Call of Duty World uh, World War Two or World War One. Whatever well, it was that World came of out. War or World of War. No, there was one that was coming out at that time called World War Two. They should have called it like something completely different, like yeah, Battlefield. <laughs> Return or Battlefield Exile of Never mind. Hit that. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's World War One. It's <laughs> but like uh, during during the first part of the game when you uh, when you start playing your character you, you're going through these these battle scenes these real scenes that that happened during the war and uh, uh, then you die and there's like nothing left. There's no there's no story oh, there yeah. other than that just, like, intense. you died. That was, like, pretty trippy for me. I was like, Whoa. this, like, <laughs> you went in the game and you died. And I felt after bad. Being, <laughs> after being ten minutes in the game, you're like, oh, crap, I'm dead. And you don't get to go back to that character. And They're dead. They're yeah. legit. And you're like, this is a game. I'm supposed to be able to reset and restart. No. And they just kill you off. And then yeah. you become the next person who made it a little bit farther and the next person who made it a little bit farther and then you're getting they, they didn't actually it didn't seem like they made it a little bit farther well I think eventually they, you beat the game i mean yeah but uh that first part was intense and that was before like after you do after you do a bunch of dying <laughs> then uh it goes to like it tells this quick story like these are the people who gave their lives for uh, for a better future and stuff and then it shows, uh, that shows the title screen, and it's like, oh. it's like that was that was the prelude. <laughs> that was the introduction to the death. <laughs> yeah, but it, the I like, like up till this point, very I, real. Yeah, up until this point, I'd been talking about like background story and and making characters that are, uh, that like stick with you and whatnot. Yeah. But but a lack of like. Like a sudden cutoff of life, um, in a game, like permadeath, it, it can really like imprint a character into your mind, especially yeah. in the way they did that in that game. Yeah, um, in Diablo, the hardest game mode, there's easy, medium, hard, and then extreme, and then there's nightmare, and then there's one that's real mode, which is where you you <laughs> you die when you, you die, shot. you're done. Your character's deleted. Your everything is gone. That is the real way to play. I love permadeath. And it's definitely <laughs> intense. And after investing so much time in a character, you think you're you're good. You can just keep going, like an Elder Scrolls game where you even if your character dies, you come back, or you beat the game, you come back. No, they should make a game where, uh, I guess they kind of have, where you you risk your life and you end the game by killing yourself to save the to win the game, to save the day. You think of a game I mean, like spoilers. that? Spoilers. <laughs> A Make game. a game with this. Make a game just like that, and, and I'll still be happy. <laughs> but um, a game where you kill yourself. 
we had to. Uh, I can think I of one, but I also don't want to spoil it because that that's that story. What's the great. the the game that had three games into it? It's a sci-fi game. I don't remember the name. So, three games into it. There's there's three games. Oh um, no, what is it called? You're in a spaceship. You talk to people. You interact with the world. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Bad with names. <laughs> Mass Effect. Good Don't times. you sacrifice yourself? Isn't that why your name is John Smith? Or no, J J C. Your initials are J C. Uh no. Jason Shepard. J S. J No, what was? He what? was Commander Shepard. Oh yeah, Commander Shepard. That's his but, name. But uh, Commander Shepard, Shepard, the Good Shepherd, the Jesus, the one who dies. Literally, the oh. one who sacrifices himself. They gave the hint to that by the name. Yeah. That's another thing games do. They spoil their movies by those small hints, like adding that's Mal called, in front of a name. That's means, called Mal means bad. And that's called Literally, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine, but doing it too much spoils the game, spoils things. Sorry, are you for it or? <laughs> Sometimes, that's the problem. We don't know when it's good or bad. It was just how we took it that time. Go for it. Do what you can. Try your best. I it's love, not good enough. I love those old games. Mass Effect was a lot of fun. It's definitely an old game. There was something I was going to bring up. About the future? About games? About um, yeah, still on the same topic, but it was like a, like 30 seconds ago or something. But... What's another uh, game of the future? Uh, what, would, what would your future be? Well, I'm designing a game that's based on the future already. Based um, on? Oh, yeah, yeah, the robots. Yeah, and it's going to be sick. <laughs> But I think I I might be cluttering too much into it, but I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but what would you if you had to design a perfect future by your like, I guess perfect not by future. yourself, a perfect future that you would want to be in? What would you have? What would that's kind of tough because short of like Jesus coming in and taking control of everything, <laughs> um, if it's a sci-fi thing, that's kind of hard to say because the fun with sci-fi comes from war because mm. uh, like for example well it everything leads back to it when it comes to sci-fi because you if you have a peaceful world you have overpopulation if you have unlimited food supply you still have overpopulation you go to other planets you overpopulate there and it keeps on happening and happening and happening until finally everybody's just well, like we've we had saw it. that super easily cannibalism <laughs> that, that's a solution and everything. death and evil people <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of that, also crazy explosives testing, all of that stuff. That, that brings me to the. <laughs> brings you to the other the other topic. I don't know if we have enough time to get into that though. Apocalypse. Oh yeah. So, I think well, the that, future is a sort of apocalypse. I mean, where does it stop? <laughs> it's they're changing the world dramatically, hopefully for a benefit. Usually at the consequence of a lot of things like there some of the future is following specific rules like you remember Wally when they go into space uh, they're all forced yeah. into a specific routine they can't waver from it they all become fat and dumb and yeah so that's uh, that was my issue with the uh, with uh, creating a perfect future cuz what, what would you, would you be okay you, with if your brain was in a jar but they fired neurons in your brain, so you felt like like you saw a perfect movie, or you enjoyed 
a uh, burger or I you're satisfied think, with things. I would think that uh, that would get old really quick and it'd be addicting. Um, like uh, ecstasy, it, it enhances all your senses to their maximum. And it like, well, the feelings of like touch and stuff, they um, are the best. It's like, I guess it's supposed to be like the best possible feeling. Uh, and that you can receive and your your brain is going haywire with endorphins and stuff um, so after that first time using that drug then you're uh, it's never the same as the first time um, and you kind of go crazy trying to find that same first time again uh, unless you like I, I doubt even wiping your memory <laughs> of that event would fix that because your body has um, but it's the future. They cured it already. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> magic. Uh, yes. <laughs> science. Science. That's the answer. You just say science, and everything's solved. Yeah. We fixed it with science. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. He he went over there. He fixed it. Man. He did some science. One of his quotes that I like is, "The universe isn't obligated to make sense to you." Yeah. Uh, I'm like, like that. that's so genius. Also stupid and very unscientific of him <laughs> it's like oh, your job is to solve every problem and to figure out things and oh, like, ah, it's not, we don't have to in reality that doesn't have to we don't have to learn how everything works we gotta work with what we've got that's affecting us right now uh, the only time you should really know about all that extra stuff with science is when you're gonna use it in my opinion anyway <laughs> mm. No, something shouldn't be used. Like what? Everything. Emotions. Your hands. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> Those are oddly two very different choices. Yeah. But watching this, using using the technology to to feel like you watch the movie for the first time again, over and over again, um, I really don't think that that is feasible um, with how our bodies work. Well, don't worry. They solved it with science. Oh, they solved yeah. it with science. With science, it's done. It's science. Yeah, that's it. That's perfect. I uh, think they'd be able to, like... I know you haven't seen Rick and Morty very much, but they have a scene where instead of not allowing bad people on planes, terrorists and other stuff, they inject him with a inability to do bad for a temporary time so that way they can still make their money hmm. letting people on planes. And then... It'll wear off by the time, depending on how long the trip is, they'll give them enough to last the trip. That would be cool. That's a good future invention. thing to have. Yeah, yeah, invention to have. That makes sense, because it's a, it's a future thing that solves a problem realistically Yeah. Um, that we have now. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe that's, the, maybe that's the key to making good science stuff, is that you're fixing a problem, you're fixing a problem that we currently have in a way that is realistic and yeah. uh, I mean I don't know how I was you about to say it's like <laughs> cloudy with a chance of meatballs you can just make it rain burgers but I was like and then you said realistic I was like nope that's not an option <laughs> <laughs> right realistic uh, well uh, how funny would that be if you just get like slammed by a big pack of mashed potatoes <laughs> oh yeah you just walk into school and whack <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> I mean, if I can get a soda anytime I want when it rains, that'd be nice. Not to mention the, the clouds, like, 
to uh, would that mean to not like, kill you? <laughs> would that mean like the food would evaporate into <laughs> to go back precipitate? Uh, I, I doubt it. That would uh, be, be more hilarious like if it followed those rules. <laughs> yeah, the clouds that release the food would have to be a certain distance above you um, to prevent it from crushing you <laughs> or killing you. You know, like dropping a penny from the Empire State Building. <laughs> yeah, if you drop a if you drop a load of mashed potatoes on somebody, you can crush a car probably. <laughs> Gotta hurt a fry, especially a crisp fry. Oh, oh yeah. good fry. Nice one with salt. Actually, I take it back. I want this to happen. <laughs> I can survive it. I think I can. <laughs> I got a twelve foot perfect fry. <laughs> mm. I'm just gonna buy an open field and just like. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> Give me a burger house. Eat the inside, make it a house. Living a pineapple under a sea. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> of course. Man, I'm tired. <laughs> we'll just stop. Oh, that I have solves the scientific it. science. <laughs> science has become in movies. Science has become magic. In some time, in a lot of ways, they just we've solved it through science, and people are just like, okay, it's. It's done. No one disagrees or asks well, why or explains anything. They just we did it with science. Let's move on. Oh, well, how long would it take to explain those theories? <laughs> they can give vague explanations, just uh, enough to allow you to be satisfied enough to you can move on, but not enough to ruin the story. Well, you have to. You can't just like. Uh, load all these new these theories even at the basic level you can't just load them onto the audience you got to use you got to use strategy with your story to make it interesting as otherwise it just becomes a documentary for the for the, for the first like 20 minutes no, but in, while it sets up they, <laughs> in Rick and Morty he's a scientist who but he explains all of his science i mean but for the most part but he's like he explains it vaguely but specifically as well he's like this is going to manipulate your atoms to shrink so that way your entire body shrinks and it's like it makes sense but it's it's not it's, hokey, it's not a but... real <laughs> it's not a real explanation of what's happening but it makes sense enough for you to follow and move on with the story yes and that's what i'm talking about uh, with rick and morty they um it, they don't o they don't overload you with all the science in one episode it's over um over different episodes um and, and uh, that's part of what makes that okay if you try to do that in a movie, <laughs> like there's not enough time for you to act, even if it's a three-hour movie, there's not enough time to go over all those facts and retain your audience's attention. <laughs> yeah. Or there's not enough. Uh, it's not as interesting. It, you need. You can't just load stuff on them. <laughs> what do we have? Hmm? Uh. I can't see a thing. Hello oh, there. My stopwatch says fifty-one minutes forty-five seconds. Dang. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. If you like us, tell us. Yell at your screen right now. Say, "Good job, Samuel." That's by the way, my. Depending name. on <laughs> what, on where we're releasing these, uh, <laughs> on where we're releasing these podcasts, uh, yeah. like us, subscribe, share it with um, your friends, share it with your friends. Tell us how much you hate us. Tell us there are better ways yeah. of solving these problems. Or give us questions. We like to talk about things. If you like debating. We like to do that, but we yeah. like to do it on fun stuff. Not usually, I don't know, do you want them to get political? <laughs> oh, political, please. By the way, to do that... We're going to have to hurt some feelings. <laughs> no, 
but I meant yes. to contact <laughs> us oh. is talkingburritospodcast at gmail.com. Should be easy to spell, unless you're bad at spelling. <laughs> we don't really have social media. I do, but he doesn't. He's an old dad. Yeah, and uh, if you want to follow me, at Emotionless Sam, it's perfect. Double M for Sam. People told me it's a good name for me because I'm very emotionless. Subscribe to our Patreon as soon as, uh, as, soon we, as get we get it. one. <laughs> as soon as we get one set up. Help us uh, make better sound, better ideas, better maybe writing. Have some more people, better people, smarter people. Maybe we can get someone smart. Ooh. <laughs> you can have me on again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, see you next time. Ciao. This has been a Talking Burritos broadcast. Talking Burritos podcast. Nice. Bye. <laughs>